Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and others. This is going to be a very short uh, market update with the Easter break, so we thought we'd keep it nice and short. We'll just cover off on grain and livestock today. Uh, Olivia felt there wasn't that much of interest to happen this week in the wool industry, so she's elected not to do her one today. going to jump straight into it and have a little bit of a chat about the grain market. Really, it is continuing to be dry across Australia, and I think that's that's causing a lot of consternation from, from consumers. And a lot of these forecasts of weather, they look quite appealing. We've seen a lot of these 14-day forecasts saying basically that the rainfall was looking good. When the 14 days later arrived, it tend to be a bit of a case of teasing but not pleasing. So that's caused a bit of concern with consumers and they've jumped in a little bit onto uh, ASX contracts for Jan 2020. And we've seen it ri- rising up about $14.5 since this time last week. So that's a fairly substantial jump. And that shows that you know a lot of consumers out there are thinking, well, historically, $340 a ton would would be would be pretty high now they're thinking well memories are, are fairly fresh of of last season and and plus four hundred dollars a ton prices so they would rather be paying these type of levels than you know the event that this uh, poor rainfall continues uh, throughout the year and uh, if we see another drought these prices will be uh, be pretty cheap at 340 dollars a ton if we have another drought looking overseas uh, the bearish tone continues to persist uh, U.S. Uh, the winter wheat uh, crop is looking about 60% uh, good to excellent, which is about 30% higher than this time last year, and about 16 to 17% above the five-year average. So it's looking pretty good there. Uh, when it comes to the spring crop, there's a few concerns with the fact that seeding is, is is going at quite a slow pace because of the snow and rainfall they've received. That can turn around extremely quickly, so I'm not all that concerned when it comes to seeding pace. In our our friends, our competitors in Russia, looking looking very good. Uh, a number of analysts have came out with 83 plus million tons, which would place it at the second largest crop Russia's ever had. Uh, that means that if that eventuates, if nothing goes wrong between now and harvest, we'll see Russia being another main uh, exporter, and there'll be no no concerns with any export bans this year in Russia if that uh, if that does uh, happen. Germany had a pretty bad year last year. Uh, this year they've rebounded a 20% increase year on year in production up to about 24 million tons, close to 25 million tons. So I guess when we look around the world, things are looking pretty rosy in terms of production. It's just locally here that things are looking very bad. So we, we are price-wise insulated from the rest of the world. I would still rather see some production and, and lower prices than high prices and low production. But there's still a long way to go and we shall uh, just see what happens over the next six months. But I guess we just got to, you know, do some rain dances and hope for some, you know, good opening breaks over the next month. And uh, we'll hopefully produce something of substantive quality to actually, and quantity, to, to actually sell. So I'm going to pass you off to Matt. He'll cover off on Carol. And then we'll call it a day and uh, wish you a good Easter. And uh, if you are not back until after the Anzac break, have a good one. Yeah, thanks for that, Andrew. Uh, look, this week we're going to talk uh, about uh, the export market again uh, for livestock uh, and namely um, the impact that we're seeing, uh, particularly in China, from the African swine uh, fever epidemic. Uh, but we're also going to cover uh, some stats on, on rainfall uh, that we collect at Mercado and publish monthly, which um, some of the subscribers may or may not be aware of, and that's something that would be interesting to cover, I think. Uh, firstly, with uh, the livestock markets, so uh, that the analysis we looked at this week was really um, 
touching upon that African swine flu and looking to see um, some of the forecasts for the decline in production of uh, pork in China uh, down around 30% uh, this season, which is significant drop in production, and how they're going to manage to uh, satisfy the requirement for red meat protein uh, into China to to, to um, make up for some of this for- shortfall. Uh, and we have we have noted the last few weeks that we've been seeing some increased flows of Australian beef product and lamb and mutton product uh, into China, and obviously that's partially driven by. Um, the requirement for um, for satisfying some of this shortfall. But when we look at the broader numbers, we can see that what we're supplying from Australia to China is really a, a drop in the ocean. And, and even if we continue to uh, s- supply high above average levels as we have been the first part of this quarter, um, it, it's going to still not even scratch the surface. Uh, if you project forward uh, for the rest of this year, we could be looking at something like 124,000 uh, tons of uh, of lamb and mutton product and around 200,000 tons of uh, beef product. So you know, just short of 325,000 tons going to from Australia to China uh, for this season if we if we stay on track and and send across as much as we have been so far in the first quarter. But um, if you look at that and say, well, how much does that compare? to the uh, shortfall in pork production, if they're going to try and make up, um, you're talking about something like 16.8 million tonne of pork that's not going to be available. So we're really talking around 2% of, uh, of that overall. So um, I think there's going to be significant demand out of China for the whole year if, if the uh, estimates of how much pork they're not going to have this year is it proves to be uh, accurate. Um, but they get, there's going to be some Chinese consumers there that are going to have to just uh, forego some of their, their meat protein requirements, I think, because yeah, it's going to be difficult to, to satisfy that shortfall. So turning now to the rainfall side of things. So every month, uh, Mercado, we collect uh, rainfall from around the country, and we've actually um, divided uh, the country into 15 zones. And so we, we produce a, a short report that shows... Uh, the monthly rainfall averages for those zones and um, how they compare from the his- historical uh, scenario. So looking back 50 years worth of rainfall data and saying, well, how does it compare? And the interesting one for for this month of March was that uh, we saw a significant improvement in uh, parts of New South Wales, namely uh, southern New South Wales and northern New South Wales went from being below average, and in the case of northern New South Wales, very much below average, for January, February, and now they've moved to above average uh, in March. So that was some of that um, remnants of the cyclonic uh, uh, northern cyclone and and that tropical uh, weather pattern uh, that pushed some rain down into New South Wales, which is well needed. Uh, Unfortunately, western New South Wales improved for March, but still below the the average for March. So uh, a little bit more to to fall there for us to uh, start to see a decent break in autumn. Um, some other areas that were significant, obviously, with that tropical activity in Queensland, all of the Queensland numbers were well above normal uh, in, in all of the zones in Queensland. Um, we're still finding in Victoria uh, rainfall below average. Uh, Eastern Vic has improved and it's just slightly below average, but Western Vic is very much uh, still down at the, the bottom ends of the normal range. Um, and uh, look, if, if you're wanting to have a look at your own particular part of the country, because we do cover the whole of the country, just jump on the Makata website and you can click through to the rainfall data and see uh, where where it's sitting this time in the year for, for your part of the world. And uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. Thanks, Andrew. Well, that's the weekly report from the team at Makata.
If you want to do your good deed for the weekend, please share this with as many people as possible. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a, a review or a rating on whoever your podcast provider is, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. And again, have a good weekend and stay safe.